Lord, we give you thanks, great thanks that you are our God. We thank you that this is your church that you have brought together. And we thank you that you are a speaking God. And we thank you that your words have power. And we pray that your, your words uh, will mold us this morning. And we pray that only the, the truth of your word will be spoken. And also the truth of your word will be heard by this congregation. In Jesus' name, amen. So these are some of the facts about social media. It is a powerful tool around the world right now. If social media were a country, companies were a country, Facebook with over 1.1 billion users would be the the third largest country in the world after China and India. Google would be, Google Plus would be the fifth, um, and Twitter would be, uh, Google Plus would be the fourth, and Twitter would be the fifth. One out of every seven minutes spent on the internet is actually spent on social, uh, on Facebook. On Facebook. One, one out of every seven minutes. Each day, Facebook users spend 10.5 billion minutes on social network. Nearly half of the uh, Facebook users between age 18 to 32, the first thing that they do when they wake up is to check their Facebook page. And it's not just for young people. Older users have been accounting for the biggest growth um, in the last few years. Um, In the last year, since 2012, Twitter um, has grown 79. uh, In the bracket, age 55 to uh, 64, uh, that that demographic has increased uh, 79% over a year. The fastest growing demographics on Facebook and uh, Google Plus is similar, uh, 45 to 54 And the reason why people use Facebook, I think in some ways, is obvious. We like using it. It's fun to use it. Fundamentally, human beings are social people. We want to connect with other people. And social media allows us to do that constantly with each other, across geography and across time. I've connected with my friends back in high school. Um, some of my students, I, I taught in Honduras for a couple of years, some of my students have found me on Facebook. And so if you ever see Mr. Han, that's actually uh, from some of my students from Honduras. Across time and across geography, you can connect with people, and we are social beings, and so we feed off of that excitement. I can see what my friends are doing in London yesterday. Social media also has changed the world in many ways as well. Think about social activism that went around the world. Arab Springs could not have happened without Twitter. Arab Springs could not have happened without Facebook. And many were sharing in this past week the impact of Hurricane Yolanda on Philippines and the donations and the the awareness. Facebook and, and social media raised awareness for those disasters, for those good things. Uh, it, um, Internet and social media is doing really good things. The Internet and social media has empowered ordinary people like you and I to have a platform. Really, before it was the powerful media yep, uh, or newspapers who had that platform. Now it's up to us. We can generate content and we can share content. It's also meant great things for evangelism as well. Only 20 years ago, really, before Facebook and before social media, before the Internet, really, you had to mail things, or really, you had to go through the channels of TV and newspaper and all those things. But now, you can share whatever you put 
with people around the world. And with evangelism, that this means that we can reach people in closed countries, people who, who, who we would not normally have access to. People will read what you put on Facebook. And this is part of the reason why we're doing this today. So if you put, if you interact with our Facebook page today, your friends who are not here in this church, your friends who don't normally go to church, will interact with what you say, what you have put on Facebook. And of course, Carl and, and Amy Udi are, are, are devoted in, in thinking about internet evangelism strategy. Carl's job is to teach people how to, be, uh, how to do internet evangelism better. Talk to him um, to, to, to see how you can do this better, more effectively. And many of you are already doing this. You know, the things that you put on Facebook, people are reading it. The Bible passages that you put on Facebook or the Christian books that you're reading uh, that you put on Facebook, people are reading that and are interacting with you. And these are all great things. And the best thing about this is that in some ways it's not in your face. It's not confrontational. You are put something on and people come to your page to read whatever you put on. So that it, it gives you that sort of advantage when we're doing evangelism in that way. But these technologies also change us. Technologies do change the world in many ways, doesn't it? The way that we see the world, the way that we function in the world, the way we, we interact with the, with the world, what we see ourselves is changed by technology. As someone said, technology wears its benefits on its sleeves. You can see the benefits. That's why everybody's on Facebook already, because people like being on Facebook. The technology benefits are obvious, but actually, the dangers are deep. They, it's subtle. It's changing the world in the way that you might not recognize. And so this morning, I know I don't want to sound too negative, but I do want to focus on a couple of dangers that Facebook presents um, to us so that we can think more Christianly, more theologically, and more gospel-mindedly about Facebook. And I'm going to talk about, I mean, you can talk about many, many different things, but I want to talk about just two things. Uh, one, the da- danger of self-absorption, the way that Facebook seems to get, get us to focus on ourselves. Um, and secondly, the danger of living our life apart from our body, living our life in, this, in the cyberspace. So first, danger of self-absorption. The architecture of the place that you live in is not only a reflection of your values and the cultural values, but it also influences you, doesn't it? So um, I lived in England for four years, and uh, one of the things about English villages, even small English villages, the most biggest and the, the biggest and the most impressive buildings um, in in an English village is the church. And cathedrals, as you can see, is a must-visit uh, site in England and across Europe, Europe because this is what people valued. People were reminded that God is important in your life. And when you saw those buildings, you were reminded that God was important. God is important in your life. But what is the biggest and most impressive building in Hong Kong? Can somebody shout it out? ICC, International Commerce Center, IFC, International Financial Center. It sort of reflects our value too, doesn't it? It values the fact that we value, it speaks to the fact that we value finance and commerce in this culture. 
government buildings as well. It remi- it, not only it reflects our values, but it also shapes us. People aspire to live. I mean, not, not living would be bad. Maybe, do people live there? Anyway, people work there, don't they? People aspire to work there, spend time there. Um, now, think about the cyberspace. Think about, the f- f- think about Facebook. You know, the thing is, we spend our lives on Facebook. Now, this is real space just as much as anything else because we spend our lives there. Think about the time that we spend in this space. And the architecture and the design of Facebook will, it reflects our values, but it also will shape us in a subtle way. And we need to be aware of how Facebook is changing how we look at the world. So let's think about how Facebook is designed. Think about the news feed. This is the front page. This is just an example of it. This is the page that, um, uh, that you enter into when you log on to Facebook. But one of the sinister things about newspaper feed is that it does not have a filtering system or it does not have a ranking system. Well, it does have a ranking system, but it ranks things by how much you liked a post, doesn't it? So last Friday, when I was writing this thing, I went, went on uh, to my Facebook uh, feed, and I saw that one of my friends had sushi for dinner and put a picture of sushi. Somebody had McDonald's, and this was the first time that they had, he had McDonald's in, in, in that month, and he was going yum, yummy. I had delicious McDonald's. Some people put uh, in their status update how their day, uh, day was. Uh, somebody put something on Obamacare. But one of the things that I noticed, if you think about that, not all those news, news feed, news are equal. Not every one of those things should demand equal attention for each one of us. But Facebook does not rank the, these news, does it? You know, in a newspaper, in a physical newspaper, the most important news gets made in the front page. It tells you, this is important, you should, do, you should see this. And then you get second and third and fourth page and opinion page and the local page and whatnot. And as I was thinking about this, uh, a friend told me that at that time, she saw something that said uh, 80 80 people in North Korea were executed publicly that day. And and some um, executed because they possessed Bibles. And then right underneath, somebody complained that they had to stand 10 minutes in a line. They occur side by side, yeah? But they're not equally important, are they? And the thing with Facebook news feed is that it overblows your importance. What you are thinking, what you are eating, where you are, what you are doing. It says this is important, and to some that is many important. That is very important. When that that Facebook feed about 80 people dying and uh, somebody waiting uh, in in line for 10 minutes, you might click on the uh, to to see what that 10 minute uh, waiting. Uh, you might click on that post rather than something more important, because Facebook does not uh, filter these things. It encourages you to tell the world more about yourself at every moment. And the thing, that, that's the sinister thing. It encourages you to be absorbed in your own life. And the main way that you do that is um, 
is that uh, th- is not just Facebook news uh, news feed, but also obviously the main way is the Facebook main page, the page that you created. That's re- that revolves around your face, and the things that information that you put on, your pictures, your accomplishments, your thoughts, and your life. It's inherently self-centered, and it encourages other people to interact with you. But then, then it comes back to you, doesn't it? Because people like your posts, people comment on your posts, and then you think about, you then start thinking about what you would say, um, what other people think of you, what other people think of what you put on your Facebook. So we start measuring our self-worth by saying, by, by, measure, by, by counting how many likes that we got, how many comments that we generated. In short, in all of this, in these subtle ways, Facebook promotes self-presentation and self-absorption. And all this is detrimental to the gospel. Detrimental because we remember Christ's call. When Christ calls us, he says, lose yourself. Come and follow me. I must be your master. I must be the person that is the biggest in your life. I must be everything in your life, and you must decrease as a result of my coming. In fact, one person's definition of sanctification, this process of growing in holiness, could be thinking of ourselves less and thinking of Christ more. Thinking of God's holiness more, Christ's holiness more, Christ's mercy more, uh, what he has done um, more and more, and not obsessing over ourselves. Our lives are about the hope that we profess in Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying that thinking about Jesus is impossible with Facebook. Of course it's possible. It is a tool that we can use. We can create content. We can do our status updates and pictures. What we comment on, what we like, that can reflect our faith in Jesus Christ. And if you are a Christian, how you use Facebook should reflect that should reflect the fact that you love Jesus more than anything else. That you love God's people here. That you love the world. That you want to serve the world. You can reflect that in the things that you put on in your Facebook. But having said that, I also think it would be good once in a while to take a break from Facebook as well. It's a bit, if you go away from the city to the countryside and you take in the, the breath of fresh air, you, you get perspective about the, 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 the city life, don't you? A bit like that. Take a vacation once in a while. Take a break. Um, Kevin DeYoung uh, went on a two-week uh, fast from Facebook and social media and the Internet in general, and this is what he wrote at the end. He said, I thought about myself less in those two weeks. I wasn't a player in the blog for those two weeks. I wasn't ruffling anyone's feathers. I wasn't hitting anyone's sweet spots. I just wasn't around. Consequently, I did not think about how I was being received or what response I was getting. That's the thing. He thought about himself less. No need to please people. No need to react to what other people are thinking of me. We can think about Christ more. We can think about him more. And so the first danger, um, self-absorbed life. But also, I think I want to talk about danger of living our life in just cyberspace. 
disembodied life, life apart from our bodies. And that's the thing about cyberspace, that we are living our world through the screen, through what's shown on the screen. In fact, this can be uh, thought of as one of the reasons why social media became so popular. And actually, somebody said this um, in, the, in, in Solid Rock, that vi- a video, that you can, do, you can do friends without really being friends. It allows friendship to happen without paying the cost of friendship. Before, in order to be friends with somebody, you have to take time. You have to be there when somebody's crying. You have to spend those awkward moments. I, when I was in high school, with the best friends, I went over without having an agenda. We just sat around thinking of things to do. And it was awkward. You know, with a couple of dudes, it's a bit awkward to just sit around and not do anything. But that, that, those became my best friends because those awkward moments build friendship. Being present with other people build friendship. But now, on Facebook at least, you can send a friend's request and somebody answers it. That's how you become friends. And we're all longing for that friendship. We're all longing for that sort of intimacy. And so we've been doing it. We live it out on cyberspace, through Facebook and through other things, through technology. We want to have the benefits without its drawbacks. And this is how the Atlantic magazine, they did a a Facebook um, issue, does Facebook make us lonely, And um, last year, 2012, May. And uh, this is one of the conclusions uh, the writer uh, writes. The beauty of Facebook, the source of its power, is that it enables us to be social while sparing us with the embarrassing reality of the society. The accidental revelations we, we make at parties, the awkward pauses, Instead, we, own, we have the lovely smoothness of seeming social machine. Everything's so simple, status update, pictures, your wall. And you see, living our life on, through the cyberspace only is, a, 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 um, it is escapism, isn't it? It's fun. In many ways, it feels better than life, neater than life. It's certainly easier because it spares us from the things that we would have to go through if we came together as a community, if we really became friends, if we came together as a church, as a community. And once again, this must be affirmed. The gospel is embodied. The gospel affirms the goodness of the body. Being with each other. Jesus was, Jesus rose again and came back to with real life and with real bodies. He then met with his disciples. And although real life and real friendship, real meetings are harder than meetings on WhatsApp, meetings on Facebook groups, it is more fulfilling. It should be. It should be more satisfying because that's what it means to be human being. It's harder. But as it's harder, it is also more satisfying. To be human in light of the gospel is really to be in conflict with each other, but working that out with Christ's love. That's what it means to be a human community. And the real danger is really when we start preferring cyberspace over reality. When we actually then say, I don't want to go to the church. I don't want to go to Solid Rock I don't want to have these meetings because, well, I can connect 
people, uh, connect with people through cyberspace. That's when the real danger comes, when our connections replace the community. When we start caring more about what's going on in the Facebook world, in the cyberspace, than what's happening in this, in this real world. And that's why I think uh, one writer said that we have to distinguish connection with, between connection and community. What, ha- what happens online is connection, not community. And this Hebrews writer in 1025, Hebrews 1025, there's real wisdom there. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Community happens through meeting together, through working through the conflicts, through time given and hugs given, worshiping together and prayer said together. We can all say, we can pray on our own. We can say our prayers on WhatsApp. But there is a difference when we meet together as a church and pray together. And once again, Facebook can help us to do that because it creates connection. It creates connection. We can say, come. This is one of the, once again, one of the reasons why we're doing this, um, this Sunday. We're saying, look, this is what's happening in the church. Come next Sunday. Join us. You can create events. And it makes connection a lot easier, organizing these events a lot easier. Don't let cyberspace replace the real community and real meeting. Do use it as a tool to create community. We must do it as God's new community in this world. There are many, many more things to be said on Facebook, um, but because of time, um, we can't go over everything. But once again, just remind yourselves that Facebook is a wonderful tool. Social media is a wonderful tool, but, tool, but keep in mind, let's not be uh, absorbed in the, in the life that we live Let's look at the world, but more than that, let's look at Christ. Let's be absorbed in Christ. And secondly, let's do work hard at building community, and let's use Facebook as a tool to get us there.